The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Kim Strother. Lawmakers are returning to Richmond today to pass a long-awaited update to the state budget. The agreement, hammered out between Senate Democrats and House Republicans, includes one-time tax rebates of up to $400. It also includes more than $900 million in direct aid to K-12 schools, as well as new investments in mental health services. State workers would get an additional 2% raise, including public school teachers and university faculty. If the divided General Assembly approves the budget, Governor Glenn Youngkin has seven days to sign it or suggest amendments. Tenants and housing activists rallied this week outside the Red Oak Apartments in Richmond's Ginter Park neighborhood. As VPM News' Connor Scribner reports, residents with the Chamberlain Tenants Council raised concerns about unresolved maintenance. Organizers say maintenance has improved since they first spoke out in 2020, but some apartments still have broken AC units, mold, or cracks forming in the walls and ceilings. Janice Churchwell says her cousin, John King, rents a unit at Red Oak that's had a leaky window since 2018. Churchwell says the complex made some repairs to the roof, but... It's starting to mold, and the water is still coming in. I'm just afraid now by the mold being there that may affect him. The city inspected the complex in May and cleared it of violations in June. Residents, however, say issues persist. Red Oak Apartments declined to speak with VPM News for this story. Connor Scribner, VPM News. The operators behind Richmond's new proposed casino have offered the city new incentives in the form of child care subsidies in their final push for a $562 million resort in Richmond's south side. A judge recently cleared a path for the city to place a voter referendum on the November ballot. The project is a joint venture between the black-owned media company Urban One and Churchill Downs. VPM News editor Whitney Evans spoke to education reporter Megan Polly about the announcement. So, Megan, what did you learn about the new child care proposal at the city's press conference yesterday? Yeah, there are two big components of this new deal. First of all, there's $26.5 million that casino operators have agreed to pay the city up front. A little over half of that would help pay for two new 100-slot child care centers. Both of them would be built on the south side and would both be tied to existing community centers that are part of big redevelopment projects with the use of COVID relief funds. One of those is Thomas B. Smith Community Center, which is close to the site of the proposed casino. The city would pay to keep the lights on at these new centers, but a third party would run them and agree to pay staff at least $17 an hour. Lead teachers there would make $50,000 a year, and slots would be prioritized for the youngest kiddos, infants, and toddlers. The other big component of the deal is the continuous revenue stream. City officials estimate the casino would bring in about $30 million in annual revenue, 19 million of which would go into a new trust fund to help bring down the cost of childcare citywide. The funds would pay for a number of different things, including grants to existing childcare providers to help train staff, as well as childcare subsidies for individual families. 
The city's still working out all of the details of that, though, including who would qualify for the subsidies and in what form they'd be provided. Now, did they say why they decided to take on child care specifically? Are they basing the decision on citizen input, data, research? Yeah, really, all of the above. City officials said they heard from residents who wanted to know what the casino revenue would be spent on. Meanwhile, the issue of affordable child care kept rising to the forefront of conversations with community members. And according to Eva Colon, head of the city's Office of Children and Families, Revenue from the casino seemed like the best way to help subsidize childcare costs. She's been leading a big effort to study what it would cost to pay for universal preschool in the city. And she said she realized options to pay for it are limited and city funding is strapped. Short of, you know, cutting from other departments, we're not going to see a new $19 million. That kind of revenue growth doesn't happen overnight. To be clear, this is by no means universal pre-K, but it's a start, Colin says. What do we know about the state of child care and the av- availability of child care in Richmond and on the South Side in particular? So city officials told me that there are fewer licensed quality child care centers on the South Side overall. In the 8th District, where one of the new child care centers would be built, Colin told me there are only one or two licensed providers. She said the shortage is also more pronounced in high-poverty neighborhoods like the ones where T.B. Smith and Southside Community Centers are located. Now, we know not all residents are on board with bringing a casino to the city, right? We know this because a similar proposal failed in 2021. What are opponents saying about this latest incentive? So here's local activist Alan Charles Chipman, who's been a vocal opponent of the last casino referendum. He said in the past that casinos are predatory. Why do we think we need a casino in order to do this? I mean, I kind of say, you know, if this is kind of like lipstick on a pig. But if you want lipstick on your pig, OK, but don't pretend that we need the pig to buy lipstick. Chipman says the city can and should prioritize investments in childcare. OK, well, thank you so much for your time, Megan. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Virginia legislative races received a $1.2 million cash influx from the Democratic National Committee to counteract Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin's fundraising efforts. The Washington Post reports the outcome of Virginia's November 7th election, in which both chambers are up for grabs, could determine Youngkin's prospects for a last-minute presidential run. Youngkin has so far not entered the 2024 presidential race. He says he's focused on Virginia's midterm elections. Public records show the governor's PAC raised a record of about $6 million from April through June 30th. Some Churchill residents are upset after a developer demolished two historic buildings last week, despite orders from the city to maintain the historic facades. Richmond-based C&M Properties plans to build a mixed-use commercial and residential building along East Marshall Street. Alan Rosenbaum lives across the street from the site and owns other properties in the neighborhood. They were simple buildings, but they were part of the historic fabric of the neighborhood. And, um, you know, I didn't want it to look like a brand new suburban development. The city fined the developer $200 for raising the historic storefronts. CNM told VPM News that it did not intend to demolish the structures, but ran into unexpected problems and the buildings could have collapsed. The city maintains the storefronts had no known structural issues. Richmond has been ranked the seventh highest in the country among cities converting old office buildings into apartments. In the last year, the city converted 188 buildings into living spaces, according to Axios Richmond. The increase is due to cities pushing to reinvigorate downtown areas and fewer commuters post-COVID pandemic. 
Richmond's next project is turning the former Dominion office building and two warehouses on Graylin Avenue into 126 apartments. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.